Hi everyone, my name's Ella and this is The Crime Trick. <laughs> the Crime Trick. The Crime Chick. That's what the podcast is called, The Crime Chick. Sorry, a true crime podcast discussing the most horrific of crimes. Not getting off to a great start there, but I'm just going to keep that in authenticity and all that on this podcast um welcome back if you've been listening to my previous episodes and hello if you are new here i'm so grateful you've decided to come with me on this horrendous crime journey now today's case is a very short one but it's one of the strangest i've ever come across and it will leave you wondering This is the case of the boy in the box, a mystery that has remained unsolved for over 60 years now. And although several theories have emerged, it'll probably always remain a cold case. And it is the theories that we'll be focusing on today. So grab a glass of wine and make yourself comfy. It's going to get sinister. In February 1957, a muskrat hunter, John Stachowiak, goes out to check his traps, which he has set near a park just north of Philadelphia. And if you don't know what a muskrat is, it's basically a big rodent that kind of looks like a fluffy rat. That is the best way I can describe it. But as John walks through the brush, he notices a small cardboard box on the ground. And upon inspecting it, he finds the body of a naked boy wrapped in a blanket. But rather than reporting the body to the police like I'm sure any one of you would, he ignores it and continues hunting as he is worried that the police would confiscate his traps. Now, this is obviously just completely and utterly ridiculous to me, as I'm sure it is to all of you, and goodness knows what was going through his mind. But a few days later, a college student, Frank Guthrum, driving along the road, noticed some rabbits running along the side of it, and he stops to check none of them have been hurt, as he knew there were traps around the area. As he searched through the brush, searching for the traps, he came across the same box with the unknown young boy in. Now, like John, Frank was reluctant to get in contact with the police, but finally did the day after. Now, again, I'm unsure as to why both of these people were so against reporting a dead child's body to the police, and it is just extremely weird, but nevertheless, it was reported. The police opened an investigation on February 26th, 1957, and the boy was identified to be between three and seven years old. The box he was found in had once contained a bassinet sold by J.C. Penny. There were signs of severe malnourishment, as well as surgical scars on his ankle, groin, and an L-shaped scar under his chin. The police also noticed that the boy's hair had been recently cut, possibly after he had died, as there were clumps of hair stuck to his body. The boy's fingerprints were taken and police were hopeful that someone would come forward. However, no information came to light. 
Over the following years, the case attracted an enormous amount of media attention and after a forensic facial reconstruction of the boy was done, over 400,000 flyers with a photo of what this boy may look like were sent around Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. The flyers were in police stations, post offices, local shops, but still no one came forward with any information. Now, the crime scene was searched inch by inch many times, but there was nothing, and to this day, the boy's identity still remains a mystery. However, although the case has run cold, there have been various notable theories throughout the years, which I'm going to discuss now, and some of them are completely insane. Now, this first theory just blows my mind. In 1960, Remington Bristow, one of the employees of the medical examiner's office, contacted a psychic about the case, and this psychic told him that the boy in the box was from a foster home, and she led Remington directly to this foster home. Now, at the home, they found blankets the same as the one the boy had been wrapped in, as well as a bassinet that was sold in the same box they found the boy in. Now, Remington theorised that the boy had been born to the daughter of the man who ran the foster home, and that the boy had died accidentally. But despite this circumstantial evidence, no definitive links were made between the boy and the foster home. In 1998, Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine even interviewed the supposed foster father and the daughter, but the case was closed. Another one of the main theories that arose was brought to police in 2002 by a woman known as Martha, or M. Now, police did consider her story to be a plausible one, but as she had a history of mental illness, they weren't fully convinced. M claimed that her abusive mother had brought the boy, who she claims was called Jonathan, from his birth parents in 1954. She goes on to say that he was subjected to severe sexual and physical abuse for over two years, and that one evening, the boy threw up his meal of baked beans and was severely beaten because of this. M then says that his head hit the floor and he went unconscious, and that whilst bathing him, he died. Now, unbeknown to the public, the coroner had actually found the remains of baked beans in his stomach and found his fingers were also wrinkled, as if he had been in water for a period of time before his death. I want to reiterate that the only people who knew this information at that time were police. It was never, ever announced to the public until M came forward. M then says that her mother cut the boy's long hair, which, if you remember, the boy was found with his hair cut, in order to conceal his identity, and the mother then forced M to help her dump the body in the area he was found. But, as they were getting the boy's body out of the car, M said a passing motorist pulled over and asked if they needed any help. After convincing the man they were okay, he eventually drove off. Again, this matches the testimony that was given by this male witness in 1957. 
Now, despite Em's confession, the police couldn't verify her stories, and Em's neighbours at the time denied that there was ever a young boy living there and dismissed her claims as ridiculous. Other, less reputable theories also arose, one being developed by Frank Bender, a forensic artist who believed the boy in the box may have actually been raised a girl. He released a sketch in 2008 of the child with long hair, but nothing came of this. The boy in the box was initially buried in a potter's field, but in 1998, his body was exhumed in order to take DNA from his tooth. He was then reburied at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia and the coffin, headstone and funeral service was donated by the son of the man who had originally buried the boy in 1957. The headstone is engraved with the words, America's unknown child, and to this day residents continue to decorate the grave with flowers and teddy bears. And I, I think it is so lovely that people to this day continue to do that. And what is so sad about this case is this poor boy doesn't even have a name. We don't know who he is, where he comes from or what happened to him. So the fact that the community still come together and do this for him really is, it's so lovely. Now, as I said at the beginning, this is a very short and very unusual case, but I'd love to know what you think of it. What do you think of the theories? Are you leaning more towards one than the other? And what do you think of M's theory? Because I really do think it is a plausible one. Let me know over on my Instagram, The Crime Chick, or alternatively, head over to my website, thecrimechick.co.uk, where you will find forums, photos from the case, and other resources in case you want to learn even more. So today was a short one, but as always, I wanted to thank you all so much for listening. And if you liked this case, make sure to join me next time on The Crime Chick for even more chilling cases. Mm-hmm.